0: good morning ladies and gentlemen crypto traders worldwide here's today's update for you um i've been following it and hopefully you've heard about it but the satama events gone and uh, they're kind of getting things rolling out here in vegas Um, i'm not physically at the event for other reasons however i'm following it uh, rather closely um seems like they were able to pull off the the scheduling and everything seems like it works so far i don't see anything called out as any concern which is always good because as I said I am actively cheering for them and it's a it's a milestone because they would be if I recall the first to have actually pulled it off as they've stated because I remember I talked about Keanu Inu and the fact that they early on tried to do the same thing with a you know big shindig uh, out on site and then it didn't go very well so I'm I'm happy to see that they were able to make that work and get everything going forward um, it seems like that there's a lot of um, transactional things happening. There was a news update uh, that was released on the Mex C uh, exchange, which I'm digging into so I can do an evaluation of it later. Um, but the Mex C exchange went live with Satama. It's initially sell only, so people could trade their tokens in and then sell if they want. And you might freak out hearing this, but think about it. As I talked about on the whole uh, on the you know, anti-hold podcast entry. The idea of buys and sells, you need both because sells, if you're selling because you're trying to drive the price up, that's actually a strategy. You want this behavior because it's what increases the price. So the hold, hold, hold crowd, there's a concept to who should hold versus who should not. There are always going to be bots and different things that are running in the background that are purposely trying to drive the price up using sales and then they change a different price that all of course depends on the availability of other people who are selling because they want to get out of it or they just want to take profit from it and so they accept a lower price or the market rate so you have to think about the way mexi is going live it's actually smart because it means that basically anybody can set that initial price and it does mean that some people might get a little bit ripped off, but I I doubt it's going to be significant. You're probably going to see you know, close to, if not at, uh, a pretty sharp spike. Right now, Satama's hovering. It's been going up and down slightly, but it's hovering around the 15 range. It's got six zeros in front of it. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see it get to two before the end of the day. And at that point, now it's we'll be able to estimate the next resistance point going off the velocity, the rate, because I said on the previous entry, we need to see how the event goes off. We need to see the announcements made. We need to see the new exchange go live, which is Mexi. And then Poloniex is another one that I think I saw uh, is about to list the And then there's still, let's say, murmurings of Coinbase potentially going live. And then of course Binance and Binance to me is from an international perspective, it is going to be the end game for pretty much all the other exchanges to say, okay, let's bow down to the master. Coinbase is going to be the, the, these needs for America. Once Coinbase goes live, I already know what's going to happen. You're going to see a bunch of people screaming about Robin Hood. I, I struggle to understand that because Robin Hood sucks for crypto. I don't know why people want it. I get the whole, hey, you know, my my stake is currently there and so I want to be able to sell out my stock and then buy into Satama, but you could do the same thing right now simply by selling off what you got in Robinhood and then use your Robinhood debit card to buy it wherever else you want to go. It's the same thing. You're not really going to lose much. And then you set up on an exchange that's actually going to allow you to use um, that currency to buy other coins that maybe you've been wanting. So it's like, I suspect what's happening, and maybe I'll do a podcast entry on at some point down the road, but I suspect what's happening is, like, I even have this same philosophy of I'd rather have less places to go to get something done. I'd rather have one source to go to that I can be confident is going to take care of what I need. Maybe that's what it is. I understand, but crypto is a different beast just because, first of all, it's decentralized. So the whole idea is that you don't have single throw to choke the idea is that you have different places to go to get stuff done and thus no one person or no one entity has control over your stuff and then again robin hood specifically calls out in their terms you can read it yourself that you don't own your currency so when we get to that point of the screens for robin hooks i guarantee you they're coming just like the whole change.org for shib to be listed on robin hood which i think is crazy that's i don't know but you don't own your tokens in robin hood now it turns out that certain exchanges have done a good job of trying to play the middle. Uh, L Bank apparently does allow you to claim your rewards. Um, I'm going to be doing a review on L Bank sometime in the future, probably next week. Then I'll cover that as an exchange. And, and apparently Bitmark does, but I can't advocate Bitmark because of the the minimums and then their their KYC process. So. You know, you're losing options, and so it's kind of like you're forced to have multiple different tools that you have to remember and understand in order just to be able to do open trading. If all you want to do is simple trading of Bitcoin, then yeah, you can have whatever you want, cool, fancy for you. I'm just saying if you want to be in the, have the accessibility of trading as you would have on the stock market side, you kind of have to, in crypto, embrace this decentralized setup that they've got going so satama's whole shindig's going off without like i said so far without a hitch it seems like everything's going well and that we got happy faces people are posing with Russ, so that's good because you know you don't see with the crypto the various cryptos where they're actually getting a chance to meet the people behind the thing right it's just a photo on a site and satama to be to be fair has been actively putting out video so it's not like it's not a real person but in the early days of Floki, so the, before the rug pulls, in the early days of Floki, they had developer videos and that kind of stuff, and it's still rug pulled. So the video doesn't tell you much of anything. The photos don't tell you much of anything. Even doxing doesn't tell you much of anything. Anything can happen, but when you meet them face-to-face in the same place, in the same forum, and you know they're a real person, and they've actively tried to gain your trust, that should increase your confidence in investments for that token by far and away and so far satama has been the only one to do that could you imagine if the shiv developers actually did a meet and greet to where you could meet them face to face it would skyrocket the token it would blow out the penny estimates by far but they're not going to do that we know that so hopefully other cryptos do take inspiration from the success that satama's had here and getting to the event even if let's say they have some celebrities that fall out i'm not jinxing them. I'm saying, let's say it, it happened. If they're still able to launch Cytomask on time, if it's still a usable product on time, and people are able to do what it was stated that they could could do. And we see that the price continues to grow. It gets to a point where it's able to drop another zero eventually. I don't think that's gonna happen in the short term, but it's certainly going to happen, as I said, by Q one. There's no way it's not going to, in my opinion, based on its current velocity. If they're able to keep this pattern this pattern of success i think they're going to be i think it's going to be one of the standouts not just because of the money aspect but because if you look at shib as i said it was organically grown it's just kind of a community growth strategy there it doesn't really have a strong utility other than shiba swap if we're being honest and there has not been the same level of involvement from the development team certainly not from shib team as a, compared to Saitama. However, Shib is the one that's been covered in the news on a frequent basis. Shib is the one that's all over Jim Kramer. Shib is the one that Motley Fool's been beaten up. Shib is the one that's the name. And so now Shib has kind of become a pseudo-household name just by virtue of coverage all over the place to where there's even, I believe he's he's either a House of Representatives or a senator or one of these guys that's, that's been chatting about it and He's really invested in it. And then you got celebrities talking about SHIB, 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 SHIB was the thing. And then when the, the chaos with the inventory happened in CoinMarketCap, which turned out to be in, the way they were calculating it and all that. And SHIB hasn't fully recovered from that, whatever that was. And I speculated I won't cover that here because this is about Satama. I'm saying that Satama's current actions and the behaviors behaving like a business, like I've said. I think it's going to put positive eyes on the product. And I think we're going to get to a point where people are going to start talking about Satama. Like they talked about Shiv. Now here's the skeptical side of me. Here's the cynical side of me. The the main reason that Shiv got so much chatter was primarily because of its down points. When it started to tank, when it started to have issues, when people started to sell off the whole volume issue, which tanked the value of the token, because our current mainstream media is predilected towards covering failure, covering issues for everybody except for the president, right? But for everybody else, they, they cover failures, they cover issues, they cover problems, they cover things that went wrong. And then they point the finger and say, see, we told you, see, this is what it is. And they don't really cover the positives until they have no choice, until they're backed into a corner. So with Satama, that's, I believe, cynically believing, that's the reason you haven't seen Satama get the same hot and heavy mainstream media coverage is because they're waiting for the thing to tank and fail at some level, and then they'll be like, yeah, see, we told you, told you, told you. at some point, they'll hit a saturation where there's so much positive coverage. If they keep on the path and keep doing everything right and they get more celebrities on board, and hopefully they get people that are trading that know what the heck they're doing, I'm talking on the trading side now, right? People, strong traders, strong investors, not Jim Cramer. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm talking about others that are strong investment people that know a good, solid investment when they see it. And then those people speak out so-called influencers, quote unquote. And then those people I think will open more eyes to the product and the mainstream. And then at some point they won't be able to avoid it. And then the game set match to me is Coinbase. I've said it before, once Coinbase adopts it, when Coinbase adopted SHIB, when I say adopted, I'm talking about they fully embraced it. They updated all their listings on the various app stores to list SHIB in the name when you look at the product in the store listing. If Satama gets to that point where it can do the same thing on these various ones, that's when I think the others are not going to have a choice. They're going to have to start covering this unbiased. You're still going to have those critics. You know, there's certain people on Motley Fool don't know what the heck they're talking about. And you're still gonna have those and they're gonna talk about the will it reach a penny and will it reach this? And the difference, of course, with Satama is that Satama has mechanics that Shiv never had. Satama's contract, even by Russ's the COO, his own admission isn't ideal. It's not exactly what they want, but it's doing it's it's certainly being successful for them because they've got mechanics that are kind of the core expectations of mechanics, you know, again, the burns, uh, the reflections that go back to users and then they've got transactional burns that they're building into their various products and platforms. And so the combination of these is going to increase the value of that token over time at a much faster pace than Shib ever could have done and that's what we're seeing because if you look at Satama having, you know, billions and billions in market cap in just months. Shib took remember Shib launched in 2020. Shib was not Shib was not growing. <laughs> SHIB was not growing until that last minute, and it took them getting at least twice as many holders as what Satama has before they started seeing significant growth. Once that happened, SHIB was able to take off to a degree, and then the whole coin market cap thing happened and pretty much tanked it. Because we don't know what happened, we don't know if that's going to happen to Satama. I suspect not, just because with Satama, it never had the same amount of inventory, and the burn mechanic was stronger with satama than with shib so there's there's differences in the way that the rises have happened the last point i'll make on satama and then i'll i'll wrap this up and get to an exchange when you invest in any project any of them and master p called it out but when you invest in any project and the reason i invested in satama and it was fighting it for over a week to get into this darn thing and the, and again the only reason it took that long is because it's on ethereum but the reason that I was so adamant about getting into Satama over any other project that I had, and the reason I was so adamant about holding it over any other project that I had up to that point was that I saw strong people behind the project. When I learned the history of the fact that somebody else had started it and then that person backed out and then this team took it over, that was the moment I realized, okay, if they took it over, that meant that they felt they like could, they could make it succeed. Number one, number two, the team, just the dynamics of the team, They were actively trying to gain your trust. They were trying to communicate, be seen, be heard, do updates, treat it like a business. When you're looking for the projects, you're ideally looking for projects that work like they do. Now, the the problem or the challenge, not problem, the challenge is that you may not even get to that point of realization until it's already too late to generate profits. So your motivation cannot necessarily be profit driven if you want to have solid investments you got to believe in the project you got to believe in the team and with satama my again guiding principle to buying into them in the first place way back in september when i did was i saw a strong team i saw business minded people and I would argue any other crypto out there, if they can get the sense of business minded people, I think they're going to all be able to succeed, but you're getting people that are not business minded spinning up cryptos because it's easy to do it. And as a result, they don't last very long. And that's sad because we should be able to have, you know, hundreds of Saitama's out there, hundreds of them that are just rock solid. They're not going anywhere. They want to the smoke. I do think there are some that are out there. Um, Shiryo Inu, I think, is one that, that potentially could be one. Kishimoto Inu, I think, is one that potentially could be one. I honestly think Floki could be one now, after they've cleaned up the mess that it was, but I think Floki needs a rebrand, frankly. I think Kishu could have been, but then they tanked it um, with the Tenshi situation. I think ID Finance could be, but they're having issues with coin market cap, and that affects your wallets. And then, as I'm trying to tell them that There's something that you're not having, you didn't do because other tokens like Dogezilla managed to get this done and yours isn't done. That means call them, talk to them and say, talk us through exactly what you did and make sure there's not a step missing. And I guarantee you it's probably something stupid like missed a field. But because of ego, which I covered on a previous podcast, many of these other ones that have that potential, they never really reach that pinnacle. Or they may reach it from a financial perspective, but they never reach it from a, from a community perspective. So that's Satama. They're rocking and rolling and kudos to them. And they are the model right now. To me, they're the model for what cryptocurrency business should look like and how you should treat working it as a business. I, they are releasing more information as I called out as a concern. I'd like to see even more. I'd like to see more specifics. I'd like to see more dates. I'd like to see more updates on the website. I'd like to see more tangible actions just because that's, I'm an information person, and that gives me a sense of where you're going with things. I'm not criticizing. I'm saying it as a feedback point. I'd like to see more of what you've been doing. Keep it up and try to increase the number of, of you know, more specific dates, more specific times, more specific actions, because that's always going to level set people at ease. And then when I can redirect people to consider Satama for their portfolio, they can go and look at that information and say, okay, these guys are worth investing in and not just word of mouth. So that's a Atama in a nutshell. Would you like to hear about another exchange? Let's cover another exchange. And I'm actually going to, this time, I'm going to redirect, or like the song says, I'm going to regroup from Whoop Whoop and change the game. So let's talk about, I was going to talk about my favorite, but I figured that's not fair. So let's talk about another one that's not quite my favorite, but it's actually pretty decent. And that's KuCoin. KuCoin.io, or excuse me, KuCoin.com, sorry. KuCoin. KuCoin, the KuCoin experience, frankly, was a bit frustrating. Getting set up, I was not too pleased with the onboarding process. And their KYC is a little bit clunky. I won't say it's terrible. It's certainly not the worst out there. But I, I was reasonably okay with it. I didn't have any major issues. Once I got past it, it's a pretty slick, clean experience. They have a web experience. They have a mobile app. They have all the bells and whistles that I want to see and they have things where they'll do uh, rewards. So when you do a first deposit, you get a, a package of rewards, similar like with Robin Hood where you set up and then they give you a some crypto and it's worth x to x, x to y. They have the similar type of thing. You deposit $100, I think it is, and then you claim a gift and that's basically a stock or a crypto in this case. And then for the crypto, it's whatever that is and you can do whatever you want to do with it. KuCoin has a different structure than some of the others this is similar structure to what gate.io has which i'll cover at some other point but they have different account buckets so in most of the general extent like a coinbase for example you really have just one bucket and that's just where all your where your crypto is and you can trade with it you can do all the stuff and there's nothing wrong with this it works for who is the target audience for them um, so I'm not crashing it or demeaning it. I'm just simply saying it is what it is. It's a single thing. Same with uh, you know, Robinhood. You have w- primarily one account. Behind the scenes, there are multiple accounts before what the user sees. There's basically just one account in play. The one account is then all transactions happen there. With KuCoin, they break it out, rather than one account, into multiple different types of assets. And so you have what they call the main account. And the main account is where everything initially goes so it's think of it as like a savings in a way it doesn't do it doesn't accrue anything it doesn't give you any rewards it doesn't it's just your entry point all of your crypto that you send in anything that you buy off fiat unless you tell it otherwise everything de- defaults into the main account the main account then cannot be transacted you can't stake it you can't lend it you can't do or not lend it, sorry, trade it. You can't do anything with it transactional. That's what I'm talking about. So because you can't do that, you would need to initiate a transfer over to one of the other accounts, depending on what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to do a straight trade, like a spot trade, you know, one-to-one, you can send it to your trading account. Your trading account is where you make certain assets available for the market, and then you can buy or sell as you choose from the trading account. You have a margin account if you're into margin investing. I won't go deep into the margin investing because most of the people listening to this are probably not doing it themselves. But ultimately, the margin investing is taking a step further from basic trading by determining the margins above and beyond the trade amounts that go on. And so you might have certain tokens that you dedicate for margin trading versus regular trading. That's what that account bucket is for. It's actually separated you have to go through a process in order to turn that on because what what you're essentially doing is you're borrowing and when you borrow then you have to pay back and then that payback might result in significant loss to you and so it's not ideal if you can avoid it now if you if you if you know what the heck you're doing with the stock market and you've done it before you're free to do it you just have to go through some hoops to enable it and then once you enable it then you can go and have at it the, the other one is basically a staking account. The staking account is just like it's described. So basically when you have whatever currency and you want to stake and, and generate interest, crypto interest off of it, that's where those go. So they, they're separated from your trading. They're separated from your withdrawals and deposits. It, in a sense, you have different accounts in the one umbrella account that you work with on KuCoin. Once you master all the different accounts and how it works, it's actually a pretty seamless experience. You can do deposits and withdrawals, do barcodes just like any other ones, and they have different giveaways and bonuses that they offer on occasion for you to be able to do it. And then the real cool thing on KuCoin is they actually allow you to set up trading bots. If you don't know what a trading bot is, I mentioned it a couple times, but a trading bot is something that is configured to perform trades on your behalf without you having to watch it so for example let's say that you are creating and there's limited variations on this one but just so you understand the concept of what it's doing let's say you're creating something that you're trying to keep your value stable right you don't want your value to drop too much and you don't want it to go too much high just and the reason that you would do this is because of dollar cost averaging you're trying to make sure that your portfolio value is, is predictable and that you can trust it because maybe you're spending some of this. Maybe you're doing transactions against it. They, they have a bot that's called SpotGrid and what it does is it detects when there's a certain shift within a delta up or down and then it will do what I said before as a strategy that people criticize but it's actually a strong strategy which is sell high, or buy low depending on where that token's going you're like well why would you sell high it's because you're you're realizing the gains from the profits and you're then using them potentially as a pool now to buy the dips when it goes down this actually can increase your value and it can increase your portfolio it's a stra—it's a very smart trading strategy that's underrated in my opinion if if you can master when certain tokens are so volatile that it makes sense to turn this on, you can end up increasing your bag as it were, and then maximizing your returns on the investment on the back end. So let's, let's even use Satama because it's a good example because Satama is going to be very volatile for the next, I would say week or so before it starts settling into its new norm. In Satama, there are you're getting the if you're in a wallet because KuCoin doesn't support the the um, reflections, but if you're in a wallet right now, you are getting reflection rewards and they're constantly just adding to your bag on a regular basis. The that's awesome because it should help your value increase faster. But then when the token goes down, you're still getting rewards, but the your value is actually slightly going down a little bit faster because you're getting tokens that are of a lesser a lesser price point. That doesn't negatively hurt you significantly because when it comes back up, you'll see that, oh, okay, it's fine. But then what happens, people freak out and then they FOMO out, sell it because they think it's tanking completely and it's not. The spot grid bot, and I'm only gonna talk about that one, but that bot is emulating what would happen instead of re- reflections since you can't get them there. It's emulating what would happen if you got profits when it went up And you use the profits to buy more so that when it goes back up, your value actually has increased significantly despite the fact you sold. It's hard to envision it. And so if you have a crypto that you're okay, you know, it's F money as we like to call it. You're okay letting it go and you're okay kind of toying with some of the concepts. It's worth looking into the spot grid and seeing if you can learn and master how to get the bot to do what you want it to do. Because once you can break the psychological tendency to sell when low which is i understand it. It, it it's psychological once you can break that tendency and actually do the opposite you'll see that it makes sense to have more of a thing than less of a thing because when it does rise you're going to get more money more value out of it the reflections help do that when you're in a wallet when you're in an exchange the bots can help emulate that and once you master it and it just takes some time to really think it through so the fact that they offer that's amazing they also do things like uh airdrops where you basically have to hold and then um either vote or invest in a certain token and then they have uh raffles there's rewards there's all sorts of great things so i've got nothing but positive things to say about kucoin except for the initial kyc and initial setups is a little bit of a pain i wouldn't say it's a great pain it's a tiny bit of a pain um and then they have when you when you withdraw when you are approved for withdrawals, then they do have three tiers of the uh, you know messaging you need to do. So it's the code that you choose your TOTP message and then an email code. That's standard. The difference with KuCoin that I do like versus Gate.io is that you don't have to do it multiple times if you're doing multiple trades within the same few minutes. So like say you did two withdrawals of the same token within the same few minutes you're not forced to go through it again and again and again um like with gate.l they make you do it every single transaction which is a bit of annoyance but it's the same process flow and again they don't require sms for any of the multi-factor you can do it but you can also choose to use the google auth which is more secure for you and what i would recommend so the way that would work if you chose not to do the sms you would You'd install the authenticator application on your phone. So, yes, it is on the same device. The difference is that the authenticator codes don't require Internet access. So if you were outside of Internet or, you know, you're not near your home or whatever it is, and you just needed to be able to get a code, you can do so. The second thing is is that the authenticator application does not violate your privacy. So with the SMS, of course, it violates your privacy because you're giving away your phone, which gives away a lot more information than you think it does let's be honest, but the most important thing with the, the two-factor through the Google app type interface as opposed to SMS, the biggest thing that I can think of is that those codes can never be intercepted. In order for you to have been able to generate the code, it would have required you to have already been in the account and then it creates a pairing between the service and your software, so nobody can get access to that code, whereas SMS could be intercepted by bad actors and then if they got access to your email, it's game, set, match. So the way that they've done their security model is is ultimately the knees. needs the, the model. It's the poster model for how it should all be done. I don't like the three levels of code, but I understand it. I just wish there was a simplified way to do it. I can't fault them for it. Cause again, gate.io does the same thing. It's not a deal breaker. It's just annoying that I think it would turn off casual traders who are trying to do this And then, of course, you got others that force SMS, and that's certainly not the right answer. So I'm glad that they give you choices and options. By and large, um, the markets that they offer for KuCoin, and I'll wrap this up. So this is when I say markets, of course, I'm talking about the pairs, the type of coins that are available. Through KuCoin, they have a wide variety of different coins that you can trade. They have one of the widest uh, lists, lengthiest lists of different coins that you can trade. There are, of course, certain ones that you would not be able to trade, but... I have not seen very many that are not here, except for some of the super low cap coins. You know, um, your kisshes of the world, for example. They're not going to be on here, but shibs on here. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, obviously you have your normal bitcoins, you have your Ethereums. and the nice thing about the nice thing about the list that they do have is that, with the exception of any token that's likely to fail. So you think about other ones like um, Floki. Floki is likely to succeed short-term and fail long-term. This is, we can see it in the, the pattern of the, of the behavior, what it's doing. But if you look at something like Tron, um, Graph, um, Flame, possibly even Uni, uh, Theta, Cake, all the ones that are, it's like these aren't going anywhere anytime soon. The ones that you can trust and the ones that are more likely to be on your Coinbase's of the world, these are all represented here. That also allows you to swap, interswap swap when Coinbase doesn't support it. And that's the reason I'm emphasizing it is important. Let me give you an example. Coinbase does not, uh, Coinbase will let you store, say, XRP. You can gladly store it all day long. You can't trade it. You can't transact it. XRP is actually one of the least expensive to transact with. You can move it for pennies on the dollar, but you cannot transact it in Coinbase because of what's happening with the the government, the United States government trying to crack down for a different reason. It had nothing to do with the coin. It's all about their leadership. KuCoin supports XRP fully. So you can send, you could, let's say you got XRP sent to you, but all you had was Coinbase. You can't do anything with it. And so now you're trying to figure out how to get the money, the fiat equivalent of it, you could send your XRP to Kucoin. It's gonna be dirt cheap. In Kucoin, you can convert it to USD Tether or USDC. I don't care. I would recommend not USDC, but you could. So you can convert it into USD, so static. Then you can take that static coin and then you can convert it into whatever else directly in Kucoin and then send it back to Coinbase if it supports it. Or you could send the, you know, the stablecoin currency back to Coinbase if you want to do that. So it gives, you an, it gives you that option to convert coins out that you normally wouldn't be able to work with in Coinbase, even if they let you store them, you can't transact them. Or it could be that you got them in a different network than what was supported. So a good example of this one is the Binance coin, BNB. BNB can be sent through BEP2 or it can be sent through the Binance Smart Chain. Don't worry about the details of that. Just know that because they can be sent two different ways, your wallet, because in this case, you'd be in wallet, chances are your wallet is smart enough to distinguish the two. It knows that this was sent through Binance Smart Chain versus BEP2. Your exchanges don't care. It's just, it's a coin. But they support sending it those two ways so that you can send it to the wallet the way you need to. The reason that matters is if you're trying to buy a Binance Smart Chain coin on the back end, you need to have, and you only have BEP2 Binance BNB, you need to convert that BEP2 into BSC You can do that in most wallets, but if you've got it sent to you in KuCoin, you can send it out however you want to. You can convert it straight to whatever coin you want without having to worry about the conversion process. What am I saying? I'm saying that, as I said in wallets versus exchanges, KuCoin, because of its diversity of offerings, gives you the opportunity to convert your coins however you choose to, then send them wherever you want to go on the back end, rather than fighting the different, fighting the gas fees, number one, number two, fighting the different networks that are in play because that tends to confuse a lot of people, especially when they're new to it. Now, the downside, of course, is that those low-cap coins that you see scattering around that are making people millionaires, they're not likely to be on KuCoin. The only one that's on there as of today that I would qualify in that category of so-called low-cap is SHIB. SHIB's there. Other than that, you're not going to find very many other coins that are those... um, on Mars is on there. Uh, there's there's really not a lot. Like I have to I have to skim the list at high speed to really try to find any because there's really not a lot. I think it's really those two, Shib and on Mars. This is likely going to change in the future. It's likely going to get to the point where more start to embrace KuCoin as an as an exchange. Um, I don't know why many aren't on there now because KuCoin is one of the top tier ones. I suspect what's happening is that when you go for the exchanges, you go for the low-hanging fruit first, get on them, get some money off them, and then at some point go through the KuCoin process, you know, the Coinbase process and so on. Because Gate.io, there's Satama's on Gate.io, but yet it's not on KuCoin. So that's kind of strange, but I, I know it's probably in the works. I'm just saying that the, the difference in where different coins end up is rather weird in the industry, whereas something like Golem which nobody really even knows what Golem is, but it's on almost every exchange you can think of outside of Hotbit. (laughs) So that's my high level for Satama update today and their event going on today. I'm probably not going to do additional coverage today. I'm just going to let the event go and let them have fun. And if you are on social media, you're probably seeing some of the videos and photos that they're sharing. I may do something tomorrow just to kind of wrap up and see where they're at and see how Side of Mask went and everything else. Um, as part of my daily update. But I wanted to make sure I got ahead of it today as well as to cover another exchange, which is KuCoin. I, I recommend KuCoin if you don't have different options. And again, there are going to be situations where KuCoin supports something that others don't. So it's something to at least look at uh, as an option for your different tools that you use. In terms of order of operations, I still would put gate.io at the top. I know that's weird, but th- the truth is that gate.io it allows you it allows you to hit those low cap coins, number one, and I think that's a positive in their in their bucket. And then number two, like I said, I, I had a hard time getting set up in Kucoin that I didn't have that same issue in gate.io. It wasn't a major thing, but I have to call it out for what it is. And then three, because even though Kucoin offers things like the bots and it offers the the you know margin trading and everything else, and these are all awesome, and I'm not negative on any of it. I like Kucoin. I want to stress it. But at the same time, I don't think that they do a very good job helping people understand all the tools that they have. So you have to, you're spending time learning, but their interface doesn't help you. I'm a fan of visual management where you are actually helping people learn these tools that you gave them instead of just throwing it at them and helping them figure it out. I I just help them get, get more on the interface, get more helpful stuff on the interface. The moment you get into margin trading, do a little guiding widget that says, okay, if you're new to margin, click here. If you're not new, click here. If you're new, do five or six screens that just summarizes it and here's how it works and here's what you do." And The spotlight, talk about the launch platform because I think it's a powerful tool that everybody should be aware of, but how can we use it? How can we benefit from it? What is eligible to be there? Is it just the ones that you're newly listing or is there some reason that we should be aware of these tokens you know I just think their interface needs work in helping the users more than they do it's not a ding against them just a a comment and observation that I got but other than that I highly recommend them if you don't have any other choices or there's certain tokens that they have that you are okay with and maybe that's all you care about they're definitely worth considering they're way better than Binance US if you're in the United States I'm going to point you to KuCoin way over Binance US for sure so that's what I got there. I'll probably cover L bank next because they're kind of getting some steam going. So take it easy.